gang. Hello, hello, hello. This is Nick Flagan Weekly. I am the titular host, the man with the most. From coast to coast, he lives like a ghost. Nick Flanagan, here in the flash, in an area inhabited with energy. Toronto Island, Artscape Gibraltar, Gibraltar Point. I'm staying in an arts residency. In case you've never listened before or you haven't heard these episodes, uh, this is not the first time I've stayed here. Not even this year. This is my second time this year. And it's a little place where you can sleep and then walk over to a little studio space and do your thing. And I've got my computer and mic and everything, and so I'm recording my podcast and doing a little bit of other work. And... It's in a converted schoolhouse that I went to uh, when I was a child. So that's trippy. It's across from a lighthouse that people claim is uh, filled with the spirit of a murder victim. And it's on an island that didn't used to be an island, but was kind of a sacred space visited by uh, indigenous people before Toronto existed. The Massasauga, I believe, were the tribe that would come here and uh, do uh, hunting and recreation as well as uh, healing rituals. And uh, then, after that, there were um, um, like summer homes, tents set up by people all over this island. It wound up becoming almost an extension of Toronto itself. And uh, there was a town square, there were churches, there was uh, Babe Ruth hit his first home run here. There was a hotel that caught fire. And then in the 40s, the city was just like, no, it's a park now. And they bulldozed all the houses and they moved the houses. And... uh, Nothing, and they started trying to kick everyone out, but there was this group of residents on like the one last island that had residences. And they were like, no, you can't. And then by 1980, they wound up settling with the city and that little area of residences on the other side of the island is still there. And that's the story of Toronto Island. So think about that, the levels of energy going on there. That's a lot. I don't really think there's ghosts, but I think, you know, I don't really think there's ghosts, but I think there's something called vibes, and I feel vibed when I'm here, and I love it, and at night, I said this before, the water sparkles, and your heart sings, and I don't know what's going on, but the stars are out there in the sky, I'm seeing constellations, I'm seeing the face of either God or just, a, you know, some sort of guy that comes to my window, puts his face there, might just be a guy. I don't know. I haven't figured it out. And I don't think God is a guy. Don't look at me like that. You think I think God's a guy? No way. No way, man. Um, how are you doing? Are you all right? We're in the tensest part of all this. I can't explain how. This pandemic, it's really peaking. But that's okay. Just hold tight. Hope for the best with me, and we're all just going to hold each other's hands 
Get all, it doesn't matter if the person whose hand you're holding is a, it's clammy. Of course it's clammy. We're stressed. Keep holding it. We're all going to hold on tight and we're going to land on the ground. And then the extraterrestrials will come and they will beam us up to the mothership. And they will say, Nick, did you really say God was a guy? And I'll be like, no, I kept saying God wasn't a guy after I accidentally intimated he was a guy. And they'll say, sorry, you got to leave. The, this is a mothership. We respect the mother. So you got to go. Then I'll do the walk of shame off the mothership back to Earth. And it'll be just me and maybe, you know, a couple of American senators who refuse to go on the sh ship because they just don't like aliens and we're going to start a band together and I'll have to sing and then they'll keep trying to get me to sing out of my range and I'll never be able to hit it and they'll get mad and then one of them will realize he has a better voice than me and he'll go and do his solo career but that's the future and I can't get into this sort of like future planning you know things go wrong <laughs> um Hey, Curtis Blow, maker of The Breaks, maker of the song Basketball, other hits, early hip-hop, visionary, chart-topper. You got a heart transplant, so let's all send those good vibes at Curtis Blow. We want the heroes of rap to live forever, both in our hearts and also on this mortal coil, so that in a hundred years... When that version, that place's version of Takashi 69 is like, I don't care about old rap. They can be like, well, let me tell you, I have very good memories. I'm not comfortable with the voice I used, and neither are you, but I'm going to move on, and I'm not going to delete it. Uh, you got to remember this stuff, all the old performers, all the people who made all the good things that created the way we do the things now. We got to remember them because that's all we have during this year. If you're going to be nostalgic one year, let it be 2020. We are cooped up at home. All we can do is revisit what people made over the 20th century and early 21st century and enjoy it. So that's what I've been doing. Unfortunately, a lot of it can't be enjoyed because it's questionable. But, you know, other things are still good. Sopranos, in my opinion, still good. Um, several Stanley Kubrick movies, still good. Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, basically still good. Now, I was back in the city watching movies this weekend. And we were kind of trying to get into that holiday spirit. You know, things slow down this time of year. It's December right now. And uh, we always gravitate towards these old familiar movies. And so I went on a list and I said, oh, lesser known Christmas movies. Let's see what's going on. Turns out I went to totally the wrong list. It was on Cosmopolitan.com. The first was Mixed Nuts with Steve Martin. And I was like, oh, yeah, that one. People don't talk about that that much. Hey, honey. No, you can't say honey. I did not say honey. Hey, why don't we watch Mixed Nuts? So we agreed to watch Mixed Nuts. 
As I go down the list, I realized they had like Jingle All the Way, Prancer, The Santa Claus. This was just someone who had Googled Christmas movies and then just wrote the word obscure above it in this article. And then I looked and it was like on every magazine website. The same article was on goodhousekeeping.com, cosmopolitan.com, chatelaine.com. So I got tricked. And then there was no way we couldn't find Mixed Nuts anywhere. It was on YouTube in one of those ways where it was like backwards and you have to do some trick and make it forwards and then you can like watch the movie on YouTube. Way too much work. I was like, it's not on Amazon Prime. This is where movies go to die. It's not on Netflix. Who are, well, I'm not surprised. Nothing's on Netflix. It wasn't anywhere. So I look on Amazon, you could rent it for one ninety eight. I'm not happy to say I threw a few bucks Amazon's way. But I said, you know, this kind of brings to mind going to the video store and paying like $2 to rent an old movie. So I did. Mixed Nuts, starring Steve Martin and Rita Wilson with Madeline Kahn, as well as Adam Sandler. Gary Shandling makes an appearance. Directed by the writer of Sleepless in Seattle, Nora Ephron. What are we talking about here? What is this movie? Why does it exist? Try watching it. It's insane. It's about a guy who works at like a crisis, owns a crisis hotline, and the wacky people who work for him, and oh, and Julia Lewis is in it, and Anthony Labalia. It's just every moment is shrill and confusing. And everyone feels like they're in a different movie doing a different performance. It's like this peak Steve Martin, father of the bride type character. But he's kind of, in this one, he's playing kind of a, I don't even know, like a younger than father of the bride. It's so confusing. And yet I watched the entire thing. We watched it all. Because he spent two bucks. Sometimes you got to just say, you know what? I threw two bucks in the garbage and I'm, I'm walking away. Adam Sandler is the standout in this movie, by the way. Even if you don't like Adam Sandler, Standler, he's the only one who doesn't feel like he's like, I don't know, like having a private dinner together and putting on some, you know, play, hastily written play in Nora Ephron's games room you know Sandler was like this is going to be my star making performance I know it and you know what he was right because when I was a young lad people would say have you seen Mixed Nuts I'd say no way that looks lame because I was like a teen I don't want to see Mixed Nuts and they'd be like well, Adam Sandler's funny and I'd go oh Adam Sandler I like him so we watched Mixed Nuts it was that kind of a weekend you double up so then Family Man. We watched The Family Man starring Nicolas Cage. Not a good movie either. All over the place. Also is a record of that the Taya Leone era where Taya Leone was in a lot of things. Very strange. Remember that when I was young, like like there was this weird rash of um, like uh, sitcoms that came out 
sort of right after Friends, maybe even right after Ellen. It was Veronica's Closet with Kirstie Alley. It was this one with Brooke Shields that I don't remember the name of. And then it was this one with Tay Leone called The Naked Truth. So she, she started on some weird sitcom that I think got canceled after a season. Next thing you know, here she is. She's in everything for a few years. You can tell someone's a hot ticket when they're in a Woody Allen movie, especially back then before people really started rejecting what happened with him. But uh, Taya Leone's in this family, man. She's married to Nicolas Cage. No, wait, she's not, because the whole movie is about how he missed the boat. And it's like a, it's only Christmas at the beginning, too. It's not even a Christmas movie, but it was in some sort of a Christmas movie section of one of these things. But let me tell you something about these movies with Nicolas Cage in them. You gotta watch them because of Nicolas Cage. <laughs> Guy's a genius. He's always got something up his sleeve. He's. <laughs> we watched an interview with him afterwards, too. And by the way, I'm not elaborating much on The Family Man because, like, there's nothing really to say. It's about it. it it's like a very convoluted, um, it's a wonderful life type of story, but much more convoluted to the point where you can't make any sense of it. But Cage has his moments. And I watched an interview afterwards, not for The Family Man, Although when I see these movies from the 90s and the early 2000s, the first thing I do is I hit YouTube looking for um, low-grade quality clips of the premiere. You know, where like (laughs) there's just someone who had a – like a local news team was just the raw footage of the premiere. There's nothing funnier to me than like raw footage of people walking a red carpet and you hear people be like, Hey, Taya, over here. Taya. Here, Nicholas, here. Just love it. So that's what I do, but there was none of that available. So don't get your hopes up. Get your hopes down. Get your hopes down. A little Pacino for you. So Nicholas Cage interview afterwards, we're watching it. It's for GQ, you can watch it too. It's on YouTube. And uh, he gets really into all these different roles of his. Does not mention the family man. But he talks about getting, he did Vampire's Kiss, which you have to see. And he says, that was a movie where I got to really lean into who I was. Um, He called it his laboratory. Because he just did whatever he wanted in Vampire's Kiss. I mean, that movie is, is madness. And I guess that's how he got his role in Moonstruck. Cher comes up to him. He said that Cher said, I watched that movie. It was, it was like watching, it was either that or Peggy Sue Got Married. That, I think it was actually her, his performance in Peggy Sue Got Married that she said this about. She said it was like watching a car crash for 90 minutes. <laughs> or a car accident for 90 minutes. And that is the perfect description of a Nicolas Cage performance. It's like the longest car crash. And that's why I got to give it to Cage. Cage, except for the fact that you called your son Kal-El, which I think is borderline unforgivable. Thanks for bringing all your craziness to the the silver screen. I'm sure you've done some bad things in your life. We all have. 
but I hope they aren't bad on the level of your legacy, such as it is being ruined. The Family Man, two stars out of four. Batman, that was the next one. went from The Family Man to Batman. We watched Batman after this, and we're sort of pledging to uh, watch all of the Batmans, which I don't know will be doable. I don't, I don't think we can pull it off. They're like really bloated movies by Batman Forever, even by Batman Returns. And then they're so serious, starting with Batman Begins. And none of them have like action that really makes any sense. But we watched the first Batman because everyone's sort of always talking about it. I mean, I, I love, this was one of my favorite movies of all time. And it's cool. It's good. It's, it's a great combination of like kind of campy and not intense, but just like modern. And Jack Nicholson is, is in a very good era of sorts for him. Michael Keaton's really interesting Batman. But man, it's like you're looking at your watch sometimes. If I had a watch, I'd be looking at it because, you know, there'll be like two-minute shot of balloons over the city or just the bat plane just goes left, right, further. It just feels like everything's stretched out for no reason. And then Robert Wool is in it. And if you're a Robert Wool fan... Welcome to the club. You are the only member. In case you're wondering who he is, he played Arliss. I'm sure he's a great guy. Look up Arliss on HBO. You'll understand the problem. But yeah, so, you know, lower your expectations. Whenever someone tells you something old from the 80s or 90s is the greatest thing ever or better than something new, understand we are looking through the glasses of someone who does not want to die and are hanging on to old things we love like a life preserver. So respect that. And don't think I'm above defending Batman. I will always have an attachment to that movie. I'm just trying to have a clear-eyed understanding of why I understanding of why I do. So suck on that, but don't. It's a movie. It's probably it's been seen by millions. It's got covered in germs. It's just not a time for germs. So that's pretty much what I did. Watch some movies, and now I'm back on the island. It's 11.30 at night. I'm on no schedule here. And that's fine. I'm going easy on myself. I'm trying to. I woke up this morning, not enough sleep. Didn't get even upright for hours. Was not feeling good. Was not feeling good to the point where like, I almost wasn't even feeling anything which was kind of sparing my um, self-esteem. Like I wasn't able to beat myself up because I was just so blank, so numb. And um, kind of a blessing, right? I don't want to have to look myself in the mirror and tell myself I'm horrible and I'm not doing enough. <laughs> I started having that feeling, but then it was so late in the day that I was like, well, if I beat myself up about this, how am I going to do anything right now? And that's why I'm here doing something, so to speak. Um, not that I haven't been criticizing myself lately or trying to figure out what it is I could improve or, or not. It's just, you know, I just don't want to get stuck on in negative land. 
because for me, it just makes me discouraged. And when I'm discouraged, you don't want to see it. You ever see a, a clothed man, arms around his knees in an empty bathtub? Hang out with me for a few days, you will. Just kidding, no one's allowed to see that. That's why I'm on the island. There's no bath here, there's just a, a very narrow shower. I love baths though. If you have suggestions for how I can pep up my bath, knowing that I use scented bath salts high end, as well as bubble bath, good bubble bath. Um, so if you know other means of having a good bath, candle recommendations, write weekly weekly podcast at gmail.com, W-E-A-K-L-Y podcast at gmail.com. And I want to remind you, truly go easy on yourself. You're doing fine, I think, most likely. And... If you're retreating into things that made you happy in the past, it's understandable. Just wait this situation out. We're in a bunker here, and we're not Hitler. We're not Goebbels. We're not going to kill ourselves because we did something bad. (laughs) We're just waiting in the bunker until old Joe Biden tells us it'll be okay. Hey, Jack, the coast is clear. I mean, he wouldn't be saying that to Canadians, but he might as well be. We're so influenced by America. Apparently, Canada was in, we had an issue where we maybe weren't going to get the vaccine, the COVID vaccine that's coming because of some sort of botched deal. Botched deal. Just name my my new band slash podcast. Botched deal. But... We are getting the vaccine in the end, the Pfizer vaccine, which is the one that you have to refrigerate to get anywhere. So sounds like we got the shoddy vaccine, Trudeau. Come on, Trudeau. Be easy on yourself. Even except Trudeau, you've got too much responsibility. You can't be easy on yourself. Politicians, don't be easy on yourself. Be hard. Everyone else, easy on yourself. Cops, hard on yourself. Everyone else, easy on yourself. But watch old episodes of the shows you like because now's the time. Take care. Thanks for listening. Starting the, I'm recording this at the beginning of a week. If you're listening to it at the beginning of the week, have a great week. Bye.